Gospel reading is from John chapter 1, verses 1 to 5, and then John chapter 10, verses 7 to 10. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Chapter 10, verse 7. Therefore therefore Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Everything about Jesus shouts, cries, and whispers life. Jesus is life. In the beginning was the Word. We often listen to those beautiful opening words of John's Gospel as Christmas approaches. But this reading is not just about the birth of Jesus, but about the full meaning of everything Jesus was and is and will be. The passage echoes the Jewish creation story of life beginning and tells us at the very start of life, Jesus, the Word, was with God and was God. He was with God in the beginning, as the stars were flung out into space. As the fold mountains were crumpled and the sea licked the edges of continents. As the earth went wild with ferns and fungi and insects and fish and animals and creatures rather like ourselves. Through him, through Jesus... All things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Jesus, as God, was and continues to be the giver of life, the dispeller of darkness. In him was and is life, and that life was and is the light of all people. And if you read the Gospel accounts, you'll find Jesus pointing people to life and healing and wholeness through his words and actions. Not just his disciples, the religious and those in power, but foreigners, women, the sick, and those on the edges of life. 
Jesus is all about life. But let's move on to the second reading from John's Gospel we heard this morning, where Jesus is talking to some people, including the religious leaders of his day. And he says these words which might sound a bit puzzling. Jesus says, I am the gate for the sheep. Whoever enters through me will be kept safe. They will come in and go out and find pasture. What is Jesus talking about? He's a gate for sheep? The people listening would have seen themselves as the sheep. And I don't know what kind of gate you're imagining. A five-bar gate, a metal gate, a garden gate, perhaps. The people listening would have imagined something rather different. I've been fortunate enough to live in Cumbria, in the north of England, for several years, where sheep outnumber the people by six to one. And one day, out walking, I came across a sheep pen that is much more like the kind of sheepfold they would have had in Israel in the time of Jesus. This one's a bit disused and overgrown, but both Israel and Cumbria have lots of stones in the hilly places that they keep sheep. So the shepherds build a wall out of the stones, leaving a gap for the entrance. Shepherds in the past, both in Cumbria and in Israel, would have stayed out in the hills with their sheep overnight. So as darkness came, they'd herd their sheep into the pen to keep them safe from attack by wild animals. The shepherds themselves would then lie across the opening to protect their sheep and keep them safe. The shepherd uses his own body to keep the flock safe and the predators out. This is the image Jesus wants us to keep in mind when he describes himself as the gate for the sheep. Jesus, the good shepherd, who looks after the sheep and makes sure they're nourished who lays down his life for the sheep, who lays down his life for us. Jesus not only points the way to life, but gives up his life for us on the cross. Jesus gives his life to keep us safe. In a moment, as we come to communion and hear those familiar words, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. We recall Jesus sharing our suffering, giving his life for us. What men had meant for evil, death on a cross, God redeemed for good, so that in dying, Jesus rescues us from our sin and destructiveness. He holds out to us 
the offer of forgiveness and a fresh start. In being raised to life by God the Father, Jesus tramples on death and destroys our death. Jesus gives us the hope of life that outlasts this time and this place. Jesus restores our life, giving us hope to look ahead with longing to a creation made new. But right now, here in Leicester, as the nights get longer and the daily news is less than encouraging, that hope of a new creation may seem a long way off. So I want to finish by saying a little of how Jesus is the hope of life here and now, today, in us. Because Jesus tells the sheep that the whole reason he has come is that they may have life and have it to the full. There is a strange paradox of life lived the way of Jesus. As Jesus gives his life for us, so he invites us to give our life too, to him and to others. The life given away is the life of fulfillment. The life hoarded to ourselves turns to dust and dissatisfaction. In our church are a number of stained glass windows. Now I'm sure people in the church had long discussions when these windows were put in because nobody is perfect and few of our lives would look good on close examination. But I want to single out a couple of people on the windows over there, both people whose faith in Christ massively affected how they lived and what they did. First, William Wilberforce. A couple of years after coming to faith, Wilberforce, a British politician of the 17th and 18th century, wrote in his diary that his great purpose in life was to abolish the slave trade. He spent the next 20 years fighting for that to happen. And at the end of his life, he supported the campaign for the complete abolition of slavery, hearing that the bill to enact that had gone through Parliament just three days before his death. Then there's Elizabeth Fry, who lived around the same time as Wilberforce. She too was a woman of faith. She visited Newgate Prison in London with a family friend and was horrified by the conditions, particularly for women and children. She worked both practically, providing food, clothes and employment for prisoners, as well as politically, 
to ensure that women's prisons became separate from men's, to protect them from sexual exploitation. She travelled widely, both in the UK and abroad, to improve how prisons were run in other countries. These two are, no doubt, spectacular examples of Christians following the way of Jesus, giving their lives for others. But what of us? I rather think if someone thought to make a stained glass window of my life, it would look much more like one of the windows at the front of our church. A kind of mishmash of bits of glass. Some bits quite sparkly, letting the light of Christ through and bringing life to others. But other bits rather broken and not at all clear what they're about. But maybe that is appropriate. Because as we come in a moment to Holy Communion, we bring our lives and ourselves as we are, with all our flaws and weaknesses, in our brokenness. We come to remember Jesus and all that he has done to bring us life, to be forgiven, to be made whole, and to be sent out from here in the power of God's Spirit to live and work to God's praise and glory.